Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Thanks for joining us on this special Latin American Straight Talk series, featuring top ELA lawyers spanning the region from Mexico to Argentina, from Chile to Costa Rica, and all the countries in between. On the program, our guests are going to cover some of the most important labor and employment topics facing their jurisdictions today. So if your company's doing business in Latin America, be sure to listen in to the full series and get the whole picture. Joining us today on Latin America Straight Talk is Fernando Ferrar, an associate at BLP in El Salvador. Thank you, Peter. Hi to all, and thank you for being here. I have three topics that I wanted to briefly talk about. The first one, it is in, like in most jurisdictions, is taking a, a lot of importance right now, is remote work. And in El Salvador, we do have telework regulation law since June of 2020. And uh, even though in El Salvador, remote work has never been illegal, but this law provides a lot of specific provisions to basically rule the labor relationship in a remote manner. And the first thing that we have to have in mind is that remote work in El Salvador is always voluntary. An employer cannot force the employee to work, especially from home, and they do not have the power to do so. Telework would only be obligatory for both parties if they had agreed through an employment agreement or an addendum to the agreement. It is very important to know that the law provides that this telework agreement or telework addendum, it is mandatory for the employer. And we are seeing that most companies that are implementing remote work or home office or whatever they call it, they are not documenting it properly. And that may be an issue that can bring about some consequences before the Ministry of Labor. So it is important to, to check that out, to have a proper addendum with all the elements that telework regulation law mandates. It's important to have in mind the right to disconnect. This is a very serious issue that has a lot of relevance around the world. And because remote work does not mean that you have to be permanently connected to the labor, to employment. You always have a work schedule. The employer has to respect any work that is executed after those hours. It may be subject to overtime pay. So you have to have that in mind. Telework regulation law makes a classification of remote work by two measures. They classify remote work as connected or disconnected, depending on how much of a direct and real-time control the employer has over the employee. In the case of connected telework, that is basically if you work for a BPO or a call center in which you have to log in and log off, and that's a connected because the employer has a real-time control over what you're doing. And disconnected telework is basically what an executive or, or someone with a little bit of more liberty has. But even though it is disconnected, it doesn't mean that the regulations for work hours do not apply. An employer cannot be expecting an employee to be answering emails in 24 hours, even though we know that a lot of us do so, but legally it's not something that is in the employer's power. And moreover, 
we have to acknowledge that teleworker relation law also establishes that if the remote work is being executed from the employee's home and you are using the employee's facilities, you have using his internet and electricity services, the employer has to pay a subsidy. And the law does not state exactly a percentage or an amount that the employer has to pay. So it must be agreed upon both parties, the amount that you're going to pay for the use of the employee's internet and electricity service. Of course, if the internet service, for example, it is provided by the employer, then no subsidy will apply. It's important also to note that a lot of companies we are seeing that are actively engaging in remote work and have established remote work policies that do not comply with a telework regulation law. And it would be advisable to review those policies and ascertain if they are in compliance with the law. We are seeing a lot of shorter times that are given to employees to inform the employer of any problem with their connection or the equipment to perform their job. And telework regulation law provides four hours, for example. And we're seeing some policies that say, no, you have half an hour to inform. And these policies cannot be above the current law. And well, it is very important. But to keep it brief, we're going to go to a second point, which is COVID-19 vaccination. It's very important to say that in El Salvador, COVID-19 vaccination, it is available for any person over 12 years of age. Vaccination is strictly voluntary. El Salvador, El Salvador's constitution and legal framework allows for mandatory vaccination, but this is not the case. The government authorities have been very adamant and they have insisted that it is voluntary. So there is not a public obligation to get vaccinated. There is also no specific obligation for the employers to grant paid leave to attend vaccination appointments. Even though there is no specific obligation, we strongly advise employers to grant this paid leave because it's a matter of public health. And also you can get, you know, like red flag from the authorities because the authorities want people to get vaccinated. And it's important to know that you can ask the employee to provide proof of the vaccination appointment and also that they spend a reasonable amount of time in that appointment. If secondary effects develop from the vaccine and the employee becomes incapacitated, the legal treatment is the same as any disease or accident. And a physician should certify that the person cannot work and then the social security has to pay the subsidy and everything. It's not different at all. If a person develops any type of symptoms that don't allow him or her to perform their job, then it's no difference that the reason for the, the sickness. It's important to know that if provided in the Occupational Risks Prevention Management Plan, employers can differentiate between vaccinated and unvaccinated employees in terms of biosecurity measures. Employers cannot force the employees to get vaccinated, but if they do it through the official channels of the plan, they can establish a different measure. For example, vaccinated people can have a little bit of more flexibility in terms of social distancing and, and mask wearing than unvaccinated people. Employers cannot force employees to get vaccinated, but they can demand that candidates are vaccinated. That is something that is within their right. People that are not employees already, 
they can ask that they are vaccinated in order to get the job. Then we go to the third subject, which is protections for vulnerable employees. We have a special decree in El Salvador currently in force until November 2021, which is legislative decree 774. And this decree establishes special protective measures for employees that are vulnerable, especially vulnerable to COVID-19. The decree provides a list of medical conditions that make the employees more vulnerable. Uh, they list, among others, people that are immunosuppressed by any reason. That could be maybe they are HIV positive or they have, a, they, they have received an organ transplant, women with high-risk pregnancies and people with morbid obesity, these people are classified as especially vulnerable. And they are not obliged to attend the workplace. They have the right to stay home. And the company can, if it's possible, if it's practical, they can assign them telework if the employee wants. It's important to have in mind that, as we said in the telework regulation law, remote work is always voluntary. But if both parties agree, then the employee can work from home. If the employee decides not to work from home and not to attend work, he or she has to be certified as vulnerable by the Salvadoran Institute of Social Security. And then this absence from work uh, must be legally treated as a medical incapacity and subsidies will apply. And finally, just wanted to make a little comment about the latest increase to the national minimum wage, which went up from August 1st this year to $365 a month for commerce, industry, and services companies. And it's been a substantial uh, increase, a 20% increase from what was already in place. So thank you, Peter. And this will be all for me. Thanks, Fernando. If you'd like to connect with Fernando Ferrar, please find his contact information in the notes of this podcast. Also, be sure to bookmark our website, ela.law, where you can register to gain access to our on-demand library of podcasts and webinars, join upcoming briefings and events, and access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.